Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 29 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, we're going to be having a conversation with Stacey Wynn. Stacy was a high-powered career woman who left the corporate world to go to seminary and help other abuse survivors. She herself is an abuse survivor, now divorced and living with her daughter. So welcome, Stacy. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for being on the thanks for being on the show. Um, <laughs> one of the challenges that abuse survivors face is healing from wounds that other Christians have inflicted on them using mm-hmm. the Bible as a weapon in certain verses. And um, in my book, Is It Me Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage? I talk a little bit of, I call it Christian propaganda, the propaganda machine that's used to actually um, keep women believing that they need to be, you know, that it's okay for, that, that they're oppressed and subjugated in some cases. And that that's um, like, that can be a thing that can actually bring glory to God. And they, and so there's, they say stuck because of the way some of these verses have been interpreted or taught from the pulpit. And I, I haven't really seen very many abuse survivors that have just given up on their faith, but I have, I just joined Twitter a couple of months ago and there's this whole, um, like segment of Christians. Well, they're not Christians anymore. They're, they're called ex evangelicals who basically just said, you know what, if the Bible, if that's what the Bible says and that's who God is, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. And they've, abandon their faith. And I think there's a better option. Well, I think there's a, a, a different option and well, I think it's better. Um, it's the one I've chosen to do. <laughs> and the one where the most, most abuse survivors that I've worked with have chosen this option. And that's to basically go back to the Bible and say, does the Bible really say those things? And is God really that kind of a God? And maybe it's the people behind that message that were wrong and maybe the message is actually this amazing, beautiful message that does uh, have consistency throughout the whole word of God. And it's something that's very beautiful for all human beings, regardless of your gender or your race or, um, or any other socioeconomic status, whatever else you might um, want to compare it to. So that's what we want to talk with you tonight um about stacy and i'm wondering if you can just um first of all how did you unravel this whole thing for yourself sure i'm i have been taking notes like a crazy person as you've been talking because you're hitting on some really good topics and i would say overall the the issue that we have as women in abusive relationships is that we do not have a good view of of relationship and um we are existing in a very rules-based atmosphere. And a lot of times we're, we're used to that kind of a thing. And, and that concept of relationship and that the, the heavy weight of, of maintaining a marriage has taken up most of our lives. And as Christian women, we have our priorities mixed up when that happens. And our relationship with God tends to suffer amidst this, this failing and destructive marriage. So one of, one of the things that I realized going through that myself is that I had misplaced my priorities and I, I was getting confused about verses and getting confused about what God had in store for me and what I was supposed to do as a Christian woman, um, because I didn't have him 
in the first priority spot. So the very first thing, when that realization hit me, I, 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 I knew the importance at that moment of digging into scripture and getting closer to him. And I think that in order to get through those abusive situations or those trials in life, you have to build a very strong relationship with God and ask the Holy Spirit to enter into that, to that mix as well. You need to strengthen your connection with him. Um, and that's what helps us gain the strength and the spiritual strength to get through. But it also does a few other things. Like you said, like you said, the, the spiritual abuse that we encounter and the clobber verses and just the confusion and, you know, some of the things that we've heard in our lives, like forgiving and forgetting that we just think, you know, I thought that had to be scripturally based. Like I never really assumed that forgetting was not part of forgiveness. <laughs> Even though it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> exactly. But that's just one of those things I think just sort of passed from one ear and out the other. I never really thought much about it. And, and when you're going through these um, just very pivotal moments in life and trying to separate lies from truth and try to gain your strength to know how to move forward, the only way to do that is to connect. The evangelical movement is is very fascinating to me, and I'm I follow all of that on Twitter too. And I think that the the, the what I've taken away from that is the importance of wrestling with your faith. Mm. And I think it's absolutely important and critical. But it's it's interesting to me that often you're seen as a heretic just for saying, you know, I'm questioning things or I'm wrestling with this issue. But in reality, I, mean, I believe that's really what we are called to do because we, we learn when we wrestle and we come face to face with God in those moments and we're able to ask questions of him. I mean, he knows everything that's going on in our hearts and our minds. He knows when we doubt him. He knows all of this stuff about us. I got to the point that I would just have very real conversations with him. When I was mad, I would tell him I was mad. Right. It sounds kind of silly, but in those moments, that's when we really are able to connect in a new way. And he teaches us something new and he replaces lies with truth. And that all of that is what helps us gain ground against the enemy. And the enemy can be our husbands. The enemy can be people in church that are not telling us the truth and are not um, potentially uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And it starts to give us discernment to be able to tell all of these things, um, you know, truth from lies and freedom from bondage and all of that. So, yeah, and just in the few first few minutes, I think you hit on all all of the important things. And that is what I went through. So and I'm still going through it. And I hope I never stop. <laughs> because right. Well, and like you said, it. it'd be nice to go through it knowing that having a thread of faith that believes that can hang on to the idea that God loves us because I think that's what, what women start to doubt. They, and I I've seen this in the ex evangelical movement as well as they, people are so hurt. They're so hurting. They're in so much pain and they don't, they've lost their belief that God, well, some of them, you know, that God even exists at all, but that God, if he does exist, that he's actually involved and that he actually cares because a God who cares, why would he allow this? Why would a God who cares like enjoy watching me suffer in this marriage and, right. and, and why would that bring him pleasure and glory and honor? It just, it doesn't make yeah. any logical yeah. sense. 
And why would he want me to stay in an abusive relationship? And, you know, what am I supposed to do when I can't be myself around, when I lose my voice and I, I can't be myself around people that I go to church with? I can't even be truthful. And I have this facade and why is, why, why do these Christians around me not, not love me for who I am? Why can't they help me when I am in desperate need of help? How come when I ask for assistance from the church, I don't get it? Like all of these things happen and it's a lot to, to try to wrap your mind around and you can do two things. You can give up or you can really decide, you know what, I don't think I know the truth and I need to find out for myself and stop listening and believing everything that everyone else says. In the end, we each have a very personal relationship with Jesus. And the answer that he gives me about my issue is not going to be the answer that he gives you. Right. It's not a cookie cutter. God. It's very personal. That's a real, that's a really, we could talk a long time about that, just about how Christians, if, if God, if God gives me direction in an area, how then we can't compare and say, well, now, now that God showed me this, now everyone else has to do the same thing. Exactly. It, it's not like that. That's not wisdom. It's not love. It's not, it's not, uh, that, that you're right. That puts God in a box and it, it says basically that we've got God on a rope now. Mm-hmm. Now we know we've captured his essence. We've got the, the infinity stone in our hands and we can, <laughs> if, if you're into Marvel, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really, but I've watched enough of them to know what an <laughs> infinity stone is. Okay. So you had this fascinating, uh, structure for tonight that I was really okay. excited about that I think is genius because there's people at different levels. You know, some people are, I was thinking about different kinds of people. Some survivors are, they're still in the thick of it and they can barely breathe, mm-hmm. you know? So they're not going to be like you. They're not going to like say, oh, I'm going to sign up for a seminary and go to seminary now and figure this out for myself. They just can't do that. They're, mm-hmm. they're barely making it through life. And you've got, so you have some ideas for them for how they can actually study the Bible where they're at. And then you've got some ideas for like the middle, the middle range, um, which would be more like, I'm, I'm ready to do a little bit more to dig in a little bit deeper, but I don't know how. And then you've got, you know, for those that are like you that are ready to, I, I absolutely am fascinated by this. I just want to learn everything that I can. I'd love to be a teacher someday. I'd love to make a difference in this world through my voice as I learn and grow in these areas. And there's that level. So can you talk about those three levels and how, and break that down for us? Sure. So the very basic level, I, I think, and that's, this is where I started. So the very basic level, when you don't have either, you don't have much time or more, a lot of mental energy to put into it. I would encourage, I would encourage women just to, um, pick the best translation of the Bible. And I would encourage them to look at the new revised standard version or the common English Bible. So those are the NRSV and the CEB. Those are very, um, gender accurate. So you're not going to see a lot of brothers and men and and that kind of terminology, unless that's exactly what it's supposed to be. So there are translation errors that I think can add to our confusion. And um, some versions are, are translated more properly than others. So I would encourage those two particular translations. And then just some very easy things like download the YouVersion Bible app, 
find um, out of the 10 million different Bible studies that they offer, just find one. Like I, I look for, for diverse divorce um, studies or uh, studies about fear or love or, or things like that. So you can just broadly study, look for a study that a- applies to where you are. And, and they range in time. There's no big commitment, but usually they're about five to seven days um, or you can do just one verse a day. So just get started looking at verses. Um, and then, and what I would say is sometimes you'll read one and it'll make such an impact on you that you just, maybe that's one you go back and just read every day that week. Hmm. Or just let the Holy Spirit sort of guide you in that. And if something is, is starts to pique your interest, you know, journal about it, write it down on your mirror with a, a dry erase marker start to look at scripture literally in your face, hmm. in your bedroom or in your bathroom. Love the other, the other basic thing that would be helpful is, um, the Bible Have you ever seen any of their videos? Natalie? I haven't. No. Okay. So they're on YouTube. You can subscribe to them on YouTube, the Bible project, or go straight to their website. They have amazing short videos about all of the books of the Bible and different topics. Um, they do a wonderful job about looking at some of the original language and, and describing what it meant then and how we should view it now. Um, and they're just there. They will hold your attention the way that they're recorded. They're, they're all um, kind of cartoon. So they're really, they're really great to watch. So I would encourage people that are just getting started and trying to build a habit to do some of those things. So get a good translation um, download the YouVersion Bible app and then check out the Bible project. Great. And any questions on basic? No, that's not, you know what? I, I, I was writing things down. I wrote CEB, mm-hmm. the Christian English Bible. Common English Bible. Common English Bible. And then what is the other one that you said? The very first one? New Revised Standard Version. New Revised Standard Version. Okay. That's a great one. If you like to physically hold a Bible, they have a wonderful new uh, study Bible out. It's okay. called the NRSV Cultural Background Study Bible. Pretty, pretty recently published. Okay, that's good to know. Because I get that question a lot, actually. People are always wondering. A lot of people that are from uh, reform circles, they use the ESV. That's where I came out of. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they want to get out of that. They want to get away from that. And then they, they're wondering, well, where, there's, where there's like 5 million, <laughs> uh, versions out there. It's crazy. There are, there yeah. are. This is great. All right. So intermediate. So after you've been in that basic, um, for a while, you may start to feel like you need to do a little bit more. One really easy transition is to use the blue letter Bible. You can download that as an app or you can use it on your computer. It's blueletterbible.org online. And what that does is it allows you to start clicking on specific words and looking at the, um, the original language around those words. It allows you to pull up multiple translations and read verses, read the same verse in multiple translations. Um, it just allows you to start to do some really Um, basic research, but you you will be amazed at the amount of information you can see. So I always like to pick just a a simple word like um, faith 
and you can click on that word in English and it'll take you to the Hebrew or the Greek and then give you the opportunity to look at how that word might show up in other verses. And you can start to get a really good idea about context and um, things like that. So that's one great way to go. I'd have that downloaded on my phone. I've got it on my computer and it's a go-to for me. I just, I just downloaded on my phone today and I'm, I'm totally fascinated by it. I I can't wait to use it. Yeah. Good. And the other source is, um, Marge, margmosco.com. M-A-R-G-M-O-W-C-Z-K-O. So Marg Mosco. And she is an amazing um, scholar. I would love to just travel to Australia and meet her and have coffee. It would be worth the trip, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she has, her her site um, has some amazing content. And mm-hmm. especially for women, just for validation of of what women did in the Bible and, and just the, the vast amount of um, research material that's available to us to study the things that we wonder about, those clobber verses, Yep. Um, just, just anything about women and, and her current blogs or current issues. So that, that's a great, a great resource. And then I wanted to mention getting a commentary at this stage in the intermediate stage, you may want more than just a Bible. You may want what's called a commentary, which gives commentary of each passage in the Bible. And there are a ton of them out there. Some of them are really expensive. Some are pretty reasonable. Um, the reason why you might want to, to pick a commentary is because you want to see some of the context and history of the passage you're reading. And also you, you will learn about how, um, how verses in the New Testament tie to verses in the Old Testament, things like that. So when you start to just do some research and you want a little bit more meat, then I would suggest a commentary. I wanted to mention Deborah, the story in Judges 4 and 5. There is a vast difference in commentaries. And and so if you look at a commentary like John MacArthur's MacArthur Bible Commentary, he talks about the the fact that her rise is an exception as a woman, basically in, in, in the Bible because of a man's failure, because of Barak's failure. So in his commentary... This is what he says. Um, And the commentary called the Oxford Bible Commentary, it actually gives, because what he says is very, in in my humble opinion, it's very opinionated. There aren't many facts. (laughs) (laughs) And if you know about him, that might make sense. Yeah. But in the Oxford Bible Commentary, it talks about, you know, what her name means, about the fact that she was a mediator between God and Israel, that um, the reason Barack asked her to go into battle with him was because of her status as, as a leader and because she was a judge and the leader in Israel, and that was normal for that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Oxford Bible Commentary is one that I would su- suggest okay. adding to your library. Okay. Then, yeah, I was going to ask you what you recommended for commentaries because... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. Okay. And then advanced. So... If you get through basic and you get through intermediate and you feel like there's more that you want to do, I have some suggestions, which are to go back and look at um, courses for the biblical Hebrew, for the, the, the original languages, so biblical Hebrew and Greek. And that might sound like a lot to chew, but there are great resources um, and 
lots of different price points. I took biblical Hebrew from the Israeli Institute of Biblical Studies, and I took about a year and a half of Hebrew, just very introductory Hebrew. And then in seminary, I had to take Hebrew again. And the Zondervan is um, zondervanacademics.com has some great um, not only manuals, but also videos. So you can basically teach yourself at your own pace. And that, I, I can't tell you how, um, how much more passionate I became, uh, not only with my personal relationship with God, but just in studying and understanding scripture by, by taking Hebrew. Uh, so that if, if, you, if you do happen to feel called to do that, I would definitely um, wholeheartedly encourage you to. Okay. I have a question. The zondervanacademics.com, are those videos free or do you pay to get access to those? You pay to get access to them and you can, pay, you can pay through their site. It's also on Amazon. I know that I, I have mine loaded on my Amazon Prime account and I can just watch them on TV. Okay. Uh, yeah. Also on Amazon. All right. Fascinating. This is so intriguing to me. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I did decide after um, going through the Hebrew courses or kind of midway through, I just really felt a calling to to do more than than that, and I um, entered into seminary, and and I am about halfway through my master's, and uh, and just sort of taking it part time, a couple of courses every eight weeks. And I've, I've learned a whole lot and I have found that even, um, the seminary that I've chosen is a Baptist seminary and it's in the SBC. So I went into this thinking that I might encounter some opposition and because I am a woman and, um, the, from a, the student base, absolutely not out of all of the professors I've had, I've only, I didn't have any, um, it, you know, direct, uh, confrontation with him. He just made his, his view very well known by linking us to his blog. So it was very apparent, um, what his view of women in ministry was. And I've just chosen to get as much education out of the process as possible. I, I am always honest. I've always presented not only my testimony coming out of abuse and how that factors into my religion, my, um, spirituality and my growth as a Christian, but also how I feel led to be a leader as a woman in church. So I've, I've never hidden any of that in any of my writing assignments or anything. And I've, I haven't encountered any issues. So well, I, the tide I, is turning, I hope. I think so. I think it is. And at no matter what stage you're at, basic, intermediate, or um, advanced, the important thing to do is, is just to share your testimony. Mm. and to ask God and ask the Holy Spirit to make himself known and to put the people in your life that are going to be a good community for you and to put someone in your life that's going to mentor you and someone that you can mentor because you're always on a spectrum. There are always going to be people ahead and people that are behind where you are in your faith walk. So it's always important to, to be led by someone closer in relationship and also to lead. That's really good. Okay. Can you touch on, um, can you touch a little bit on church? Because I know a lot, like for me, I don't even go to church anymore and it's not, that's not really 
how I, I want to be living my life right now. I would like to go to church, but I'm so jaded by the church Mm -hmm. and I've, I've had so many horrible experiences and now I've tried, we've tried different, um, I'm newly married. Well, not newly married. I've been married to my current husband for a year and a half and we've visited so many different churches and we just can't find something that works for us. And I, and I'm not that, I'm not really that picky of a person. It's, it's just that I am now I go into church Mm -hmm. and I, start to break out in hives. So what do you suggest for people like me who are kind of floundering? I hope I'm not in this place for the rest of my life, but in the meantime, what do you think about that? Yeah. So I think it's important to find community. And there are a lot of reasons why uh, a church may not be a healthy one for you. I think you have to find a community that uh, allows you to be yourself is if there's one thing that we learn going through abusive relationships, it's that we have allowed ourselves to be hidden behind a facade for so long and you have to live in truth. And the more you do it, the more you have to do it. Like I, I just can't not be truthful. Right. And, um, I can't not speak my voice anymore. Right. So, so it's okay. I think one of the big hurdles is we feel like we can't ever change churches. And that's just not true. You can change churches and churches are made of humans and humanity's fallen. And there's always going to be a problem with, with church because there are humans involved, but there is going to be a community that has that where the healthy, they're more healthy than unhealthy and where Mm -hmm. you feel like you can be a part of that. You have to do some research. There's a site, Natalie, called churchclarity.org. Oh, and that's, that's a site that's, it's, it's being built. So as more churches start submitting their information, um, if you don't see your church out there, you can ask them to, you can ask a church to submit information to church clarity, but this, this, uh, allows you to see positions on women and positions on LGBTQ. Um, it links up directly to websites. So as you're researching churches in your areas, if, if they, you can connect to the site and see exactly where they state their beliefs and know a little bit more about them before you go. Because if you're, if one of your main issues is, is, um, that you're egalitarian or you, you, you believe that women and men, like there's no difference, um, mm-hmm. as far as spiritual gifts, then you'll want to make sure you go to a church that is egalitarian and does affirm women and leadership. Right. Oh, this is so good. I had no idea that was out there. Yes, it's a great resource. Uh, And then I I would say sometimes you're in a small town and you don't have many options. And I think still, you know, there are lots of online options and you can find some online um, church messages and, and that kind of a thing. But what you're missing out on still is community. So even if you can't find a church you're comfortable in, I would encourage you to find a community that you're comfortable in. So even if you start with women, women that you can be very vulnerable with and accountable to, and that have the same drive to pursue Jesus, um, and that you can do a study with, or, or just, um, get together and, and, and just learn from each other and share testimony and all of that. And just yeah. pray, keep praying for community. Right. I, well, and it, yes. And it doesn't have to be this complex thing. I don't know right. where I read this, but it, um, they were talking about the idea that the organized church and the whole church in the building thing is actually going away. 
mm-hmm. and people are starting to form communities in coffee shops. You know, they meet in a coffee shop mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning and do Bible study together or, mm-hmm. you know, in fellowship and drink coffee, pray. And, and that to me, that resonates and I don't think I'm the only one. I think that, that that resonates with a lot of people in our culture today. They're not looking for, they're not, they really are looking for more authenticity. They're not looking to throw money at a program. They're looking to throw time and invest in relationships. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. We had a great conference. I'm, I, I have some amazing Christian friends here where I am and we, um, put on a women's conference last May and, and encouraged women of all denominations in the city to come. And, and we shared testimonies of very um, significant issues that aren't discussed often um, in, in church and to see how, uh, what an impact it made um, told me two things, exactly what you're saying. People really crave relationship They They don't, they aren't getting that level of discipleship um, and where they're going to church. I mean, churches are great, but there's some, there's something missing for women in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, so it told, it told me that, but it also just reminded me or demonstrated to me the power of testimony. And when you go to church, you don't, it's not like we're all sitting in a, in a circle and sharing our testimonies. We go and we hear a lesson and we say hi to some folks and we go home. Right. But that power of, of, of accountability and vulnerability and owning your story and what God did through your story and how he redeemed your pain and your grief and your bitterness and your questions and um, how he showed up for you and continues to show up for you. Those stories are so important. So when we make it through something like abuse, we just can't, you know, ring our, ring it out and walk away from it. Just leave it in the background. We have to keep, it's, it's our story and we have to tell we have to tell other women and other people what that meant and what God did. And, um, well, and, and everyone, for that. everyone's story is ongoing too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, we are all constantly, our story is being in the process of being written. And yeah. so we can be sharing our stories with each other as they're being written as well. And sitting with each other. I think someone, I, I just read today, um, where was it? I, I read so many different things from so many different places. It, they were talking about making, oh, it was Rachel Held Evans, making space, mm-hmm. making space for each other, to mm-hmm. sit with each other without judgment, just to let each other share our stories, pray for each other, and not sit there and give object lessons, yeah. moral, morality lessons to one another. As yeah, not feeling answer. like you have to have an answer. You don't, you don't have an answer a lot of times, but exactly. you can... You can stand alongside with, with that person and, and join them in their prayer and join them in their pain and just not even have to say a word sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah it's powerful. And we, as women, we're, we're, we are, we're so good at connecting and we're so good at relating. And um, that's some of that, that gift, that nurturing and, and that affirmation that we bring and just uh, trying to um, strengthen and, and build build up others. That's what we need to get back to. Yes. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners before we close? Uh, I just want to encourage, encourage you guys just to spend some time 
um, journaling with God, putting all the tough questions in front of him because he can handle it. There's nothing that's more powerful than him. None of our situations are, are more than he can handle. And he is going to meet you in the midst of anything. Um, you just have to ask for his eyes and his heart and his hearing, ask for all of that. So you can see him move in, in your situations and just find, even if it's just one person, find someone that you can be real with and honest with and vulnerable with and someone that will agree to, to walk alongside you in this journey. Yeah. Okay. That that's beautiful. If you um, are listening to this podcast and you want to find Stacy, you can actually find her on her own podcast. It's called Clarity Unleashed. And you can find that on Apple iTunes or iPod podcasts now. I think it's just called Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, whatever app you use to um, listen to your podcasts. And you can also learn more um, at flyingfreenow.com. That's my website. I will give you the first three chapters of my book, Is It Me? Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage for free if you sign up on the top of my website. And otherwise, that's it for today. Thank you again so much, Stacy, for joining us. Thank you, Natalie, especially for being part of my testimony. <laughs> well, it, yeah. Well, that's been an honor. I so for those of you, for those of you who don't know, Stacy's but Stacy and I have known each other for a couple of years now, and so I've watched her just completely blossom, and I learned have learned so much from her as well. So it's been a joy to just have a relationship with you for the last two years, and I think that it will continue to grow. And I am excited to see what God does in your life, Stacy, and where He's launched Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. And for the rest of you, until next time, fly free.